0: Hi! My name is Allie Williams and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world. But that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're going to discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. Do you ever have a season or a day or a week or a month, whatever, of just doubt and confusion and wondering where God is? I think that is something we all go through. I know I have many times. And in a time of my life where I knew who God was and I trusted him so deeply, Emily Lohman, and just talking with her and encountering her and being around her really reminded me just how deep he was. And, and really allowed me to move in faith in ways that she could never even imagine. But just being around her gave me that permission. And being every time I talk to her, being in her presence, being in conversation with her just brings me back to him. And I know that this conversation is going to do the same for you. So no matter what season you're in, no matter what doubt you are facing or hurt or fear, I want you to listen to this and know that what he's done for her, he can and will do for you. It's just the truth. So if you're ready to just take on a whole new amount of faith, this is the episode for you. Here we go. Welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast. I have an incredible woman here to talk today. Her name is Emily Loman. She, honestly, you heard the intro. She does so much, but more than that, she's just like a homegirl. Like this is the girl that you want to show up in life with and for you. And yeah, she's going to do that for you today. So I'm so excited and delighted to have her here. Emily, welcome.
1: Thanks, Allie. I'm so excited to be here and to be talking to you all.
0: I know this is going to be great. I already am like so expectant. But yeah, I guess we're really going to start where we do with everyone. And just I want to know your background and just let us know like who Emily is.
1: Totally. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in Fort Myers, Florida. A lot of people don't know where that is, but I always say across the coast from Miami. But actually, I spent the first two years of my life in England. So my dad is like fully British, all of that. So I was born in the States, moved to Europe. And then my parents went through a divorce and then I moved back to the States with my mom. So I spent the majority of my childhood in Fort Myers, Florida, and then went to school at UF, go Gators, you know. And then after that, I moved to Atlanta. I was there for about two years and did a plethora of different jobs, just kind of like dipped my toe in a lot of different things. I did interior design. I worked in IT recruitment, really random things all over the map. But then I moved to California for an amazing job opportunity and have been here for about three years. And so I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with A21, but if you haven't heard of it before, it's an anti-human trafficking nonprofit. And so I got connected with A21 when I was actually in college. I went to a passion conference in Atlanta. And heard Christine Kane speak. And I'd never heard of human trafficking, didn't know what it was. And from that moment on, I knew that I was called to do something within that realm. I just never knew how it was gonna unfold. And it was so cool to see as I moved to Atlanta. I actually started going to Passion City Church, got super involved, and they, of course, started the end it movement. And so through that and through some other connections, got tied to A21, a job opportunity came up, and now that's where I'm at. I'm in Orange County. I work as our regional lead for strategic partnerships, which is basically just a fancy way of saying I work with a lot of our businesses, a lot of our major donors, doing fundraising, and then In normal years, other than 2020, I plan all of our international trips and I sort of host those. So that's a little bit about me. I think it's super important to mention that my family still lives in England. So I'm kind of back and forth. My heart, I feel like it's kind of split in two places because my dad, my stepmom, and then my younger brother are in Europe. And so love California, love the USA, but also love
0: England. I love that. That's so cool. And when you told me that the first time, I was like, that makes sense because you have like, she has such a cool style, guys. Like, I'm going to link her, so go stalk her. But she has this cool California, but this like London edge. I don't know I if you of that. that. Yeah, exactly. But you always came in the office when we were working together. I was like, "Dang, look at him!" <laughs> That's I guess it's just part of who I am, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you wear it well, internally and externally. So, from there, I want to know really. We're gonna get in deep already with just mm-hmm. like how to get closer to God, totally. how to emulate Him, how to like. I think there's a lot of fear around not doing God justice in our existence when i talk to a lot of my followers and listeners and i really want to like just go into it so You do that naturally so well, Emily. And I remember the first time I heard you pray at A21 when we worked together, I was like, wow, she doesn't just like know God, but like she lets him come through her. And I know that's something that so many of us crave, but how do you do that? Right? Like in our imperfection, how do we, how do we show how good he is? And I want to know one, like, what is your secret sauce to like being close to the Lord? How are you able to, yeah, just show up with him and for him?
1: Totally. I love that. And I think you kind of touched on something maybe even unintentionally, just in as you were phrasing the question, but talking about how people are afraid of like doing it wrong or not doing God justice. And I think one massive thing that can just stand in the way of anyone's relationship with the Lord or just relationship with people in general. I think fear, when you think about it, like if you think about the last time you were afraid, it probably distracted you. You felt your heartbeat kind of race. You couldn't really focus. You were kind of all out of sorts. Fear just has this chaotic nature about it. And we know that we serve a God of order and not of chaos. So if we feel the presence of chaos, we know it's not of the Lord. And so I think for me, something that's so important, even when I'm communicating to others about the Lord, or even when I'm approaching God in my quiet time is to remove fear. Fear, even in terms of expectation, like, oh, I got to have this massive moment with the Lord. If I don't have this massive moment with the Lord, I'm probably not doing it right. If I don't receive this open vision, if I don't hear this super clear word, or if I'm talking to someone else, that fear of like, what if I communicate about him wrong? I think that fear can stand in the way so often with our relationship with the Lord. And I I know that the Lord says He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of courage, strength, and of a sound mind, and that His perfect love casts out fear. And so for me, when I go into my quiet time, when I'm seeking the Lord, I always start in prayer. Always, always, always. I put on worship music because I pray out loud. (laughs) I think sometimes the only voice you'll believe is your own, and sometimes you have to hear it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with praying in your head, but when I'm in a space that I can pray out loud, that's what I will always do. Because in that, it's almost like I'm speaking to myself the truths about who God is. And I always start with some sort of like declaration, just thanking the Lord for who he is, that he knitted me together in my mother's womb, that he knows me, that he has numbered my days since before the foundations of the earth, all of those things. Because I think that can get you in the mindset of, okay, I'm approaching, yes, the God of the universe, but also the God who so intimately knows everything about me. So what actually do I have to fear? Mm. And so I think even as we would approach a relationship, like when you're building a relationship with someone, you're not always going to them seeking something. A lot of times you're going to them just wanting to get to know them. Like, Allie, like when we were starting to get to know each other, I'm like, who is Allie? Like, what is she like? What are her quirks? What are like her personality traits? These things. And I find that so much. If I go into my quiet time, my time with the Lord, and I just want to learn about Him, I'm not going into it for this like crazy spiritual experience. I'm not even like fully going into it for an answer for like a crazy situation I'm dealing with. I'm just going into it to build that relationship with the Lord and be like, Jesus, show me more about you. Show me more about who you are. You're characteristics, how you love people, how you love me, all of those things. Because I find that when we seek Jesus for who he is, rather than what he can give to us, or rather than the answer to a specific question, all of those things actually end up falling into place when the priority is set correctly. And so I would say that even in my prayers, I'll make sure that I just get my mind right. And I'm focused on the Lord, thanking him, just kind of putting into view who he is. And then oftentimes before I pray for anything that has to do with me, I pray for people that the Lord's put on my heart, for government, for situations in this world, because getting our eyes off our self can so often help us to even just remove all the obstacles that could come into play when we're trying to just press into the Lord. And so then of course I'll close with. The things that I really feel like I'm seeking the Lord to speak into, but even when I get to that, it already feels less heavy. Mm-hmm. It already feels less heavy, it already feels like things have been put into the right perspective, and from there, I just dive into the word and I find that it's kind of like when you eat a meal, like hear me when I say this is kind of a weird analogy, but when you eat a meal. If you have like, if you have like a great, great nourishing meal, like you're going to feel those effects all day. You might not feel them immediately, but if you have a few weeks where you're just kind of eating crap food, eating junk, you're going to feel those effects. So even in the moment, if you don't have this crazy experience, you're still getting nourished and those things, the word of the Lord is literally the bread. Um, Jesus is the bread. And so thinking about that, as we take in the nourishment, we don't always see it instantaneously, But again, we live in such an instantaneous culture that sometimes that can be discouraging. But you may see the results of a devotional you had three days prior in a conversation you have with a friend or in your reaction to a tough circumstance. And so I think it's that thought of like, as you feed yourself, that nourishment will show up, not even just in the moment, but as you progress like day to day. So that's kind of the long answer to that.
0: That's beautiful. And it was so good. And you... You just hit the nail on the head in so many different ways. But mm-hmm. I love the, the food metaphor and and mm-hmm. just trusting the nourishment and trusting oh, okay. the consumption too. I think so often, you know, if we don't get like the effect, then yeah. we're not really trusting the process at all. But like right. he's already outlined the process yeah. and it's it's so clear. It's so easy. And yeah, it's the coolest feeling to notice that the power and that effect mm-hmm. later but we oh. don't do it for the fruit. We don't do it cool. for the effect. How cool is that? You know, we yeah,
1: do it for the relationship when we're doing it in our most healthy way. Because I know there's definitely been times in my life where I've been seeking the Lord for X, Y, Z answer, feeling like I'm beating my head against the wall. But every time when I come back to just like, Lord, I just want to know you. Like, I just want to know you. I want to be in your presence. Like, that is the greatest gift I could have. Like, I just want to press into you and seek relationship. All of those things fall into place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Amen. And same. So from there, what's your favorite God story? I know you have a million, but what is your, do you have like a go-to that just shows like who he is to you? Totally. I have a few. I'm going to choose a super practical
1: one because I feel like it's great when we see like the crazy spiritual things happen, like all the dots connecting, stars align, everything. But I think sometimes it's really cool to see God in the practical details where we might miss him. So when I was living in Atlanta, I was working a job that I literally hated. It was so hard. It was just a rough, rough time. And I was on my way to work and I was turning on a one way and I got T-boned by a FedEx truck. And it was just one of those things where, you know, when you're already having a tough time, you're like, this is the cherry on top. Everything is falling apart. What am I going to do? And so I remember I was really shaken up by that. And it wasn't a serious accident, but it was definitely like medium level. I had to go to the chiropractor, had like some back problems. And I remember talking to one of my best friends on the phone and just being so frustrated. I was like, I feel like I'm just getting like literally and figuratively hit over and over again with so many different things. I feel like I can't catch a break. And my friend was like, Emily, I'm just going to be believing that this is actually going to, turn out for so much good. She's like, I'm going to be believing that this was not just like a random thing that even if it was something that the enemy used to just discourage you that the Lord's going to turn it around. And so it's super crazy. I was in a chiropractic care for probably two and a half years. And between that time I moved from Atlanta to California. And of course it was an accident with a large company. So they're worried about getting sued, blah, 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 blah. So at the end of my chiropractic care, I had to like submit my claim for them to pay for my doctor's bills, all of that stuff. But about a year prior to going through that submission process, I actually got uh, hospitalized for seven days and got diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. And it seriously like shook the foundations of my entire world. And it was really bad. Like I was so, 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 so sick for months after that. And it's been such a journey, but within that and being in the hospital so unexpectedly for that long, I racked up a crazy, crazy bill, like tens of thousands of dollars, even with health insurance. And I had no idea how I was gonna pay for it. I mean, I work for a nonprofit and I live in California, expensive. And I was honestly at my wit's end, like trying to deal with having an autoimmune condition and dealing with the financial stress of what I had just gone through. So it was super crazy, submitted my claim for the accident, which two and a half years later, And I got a call from my insurance adjuster, all that stuff. And they offered me literally the exact amount that would pay off all of my health bills and the health bills that I had had to put onto my credit card just because I didn't have the money to pay for it. And so I exited out of that first year of like the most intense medical costs because I was constantly at the doctors, constantly getting procedures all of this stuff with absolutely no financial debt in terms of healthcare. And to me, that was the most miraculous thing. And the Lord just showing me like, hey, like I did not, I didn't want this to happen, but I'm gonna work through it and I'm with you in this. And so that's one of my favorite stories because it's so practical. Like how could a car accident that seems like such an inconvenience actually turn out to be the answer to a massive prayer of like tens of thousands of dollars of health debt. So it's one of my favorite stories for sure.
0: I love that. And I think, yeah, so often people will go into some like, you know, radical miracles, which we're so here for and we love, sure. but you know, he's in the details dollar yes. amount and that's yeah. enough. How cool is that?
1: It's so crazy. And even the details of, yeah, maybe that car accident was, you know, spiritual attack, whatever you want to say, but the Lord's like, but I have a plan. So this is how I'm going to do it. And it's amazing to see how he does work everything for good in the right timing. Mm,
0: absolutely. He's so good. I love that. Okay. Thank you for sharing that one. Yeah. Because it's grounding too. Oh. Um, and I think that's one of my favorite characteristics of God in this season. You know, there's a lot happening and we're we're weathering some different waves, literally and figuratively in life. And yeah, it's so cool because I feel it's truths like that, testimonies like that that ground us in the way that we are craving right now too.
1: Yeah. And even bringing like the recognition that it doesn't always happen immediately. Like even with that accident, I still went through two and a half years of chiropractic care. Like I still had all these things, but the Lord's like, no, like I am still with you even in the midst of the heartache, even in the midst of the struggle. And I'm going to use these things and bring beauty from the ashes, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't always happen immediately. It could happen over a year's span of time. And I think it can be so easy to get discouraged, but when we think about the Lord's faithfulness, not just in the course of our lives, but over the course of all eternity, we can trust that he's going to be faithful. Even if we haven't seen what we would, you know, think of as him being faithful in our lives yet, we can trust that he is going to do it.
0: Mm, Even in our deepest, darkest disappointments. Totally. Yeah. And he can do that. I love, yeah, the scale of it because so often it's like, well, I thought my miracle was in motion. Yeah. And you know, especially in devastation, for when sure. it seems like the light is coming, it's that's a fragile place to be. Like, where is your hope? Because something yeah. can happen. There can be potholes in the road. That doesn't mean that God's not going to patch it with For something sure. else. Mm.
1: Totally. Totally. That's so
0: good. So what obstacles, I mean, that's like, those are some very beautiful obstacles you have laid out. But what obstacles have you like overcome to get where you are now with the Lord?
1: Totally. There's definitely been a lot of obstacles yeah I think some of the biggest ones are even as I mentioned my story I just kind of touched on it for a second but my mom and dad got divorced when I was really young so I only knew my dad till I was about a year and a half old and then had no contact with him and didn't end up meeting him or reconnecting until I was 20 and so I went to England met him for you know what seemed like the first time because I had no recollection of me being one years old but that was huge and the rejection I had to work through and the fear of man that I had to come against just from experiencing rejection from a father. And then my mom got remarried, which at first was great. And then it turned into a not so great scenario. I had a lot of like verbal and emotional abuse in my house growing up from my stepdad. And it was a really toxic scenario. And then he left as well at a later date, about nine years after my mom had been married. And so there's then that grappling with the person who raised you They might not be your biological father, but they were in that role. Mm -hmm. And the fact they had committed so much hurt against you. And so that was huge. And I think that totally impacted my view of the Lord as father and even as provider and protector, because I hadn't seen that. And I had to really come back to the word and ground myself in the truths, and then look for the moments where the Lord had protected me, had provided for me for the moments where the Lord showed me what a true father looks like, and I had to kind of disassociate with my false mentalities of an earthly father that I was unintentionally projecting on my heavenly father, which was totally getting in the way of me even pressing into relationship with the works. There was so much fear. There was so much fear surrounding that. I battled with so much perfectionism even in my relationship with the Lord, feeling like if I did one thing wrong, like all love was going to be removed. And so that was a massive thing for me to walk through. And the Lord has just proved himself so faithful time and time and time again in healing so many things that that I felt like would take me decades to work through. And the Lord has done things in moments, he's done things over a course of time. And then I think another massive thing would be the health struggle. That's something that actually came from the trauma that I experienced and kind of manifested into an autoimmune condition. So I've been dealing with that since I was about 13. So I've had this autoimmune condition for about 14 years at this point, but I didn't know what it was back in the day. And all I knew is I was in constant pain. I had so many like medical tests done, but no one could really put a finger to it. And it was super discouraging. And I remember feeling Like the Lord had asked me to do all these X, Y, Z things, but not, you know, feeling the energy to do it, just feeling discouraged because I couldn't fully run for it. And so I remember praying and even thinking about the fact that it's really hard to fight something that you can't name. Mm -hmm. And even in the Bible, like when the Lord would like cast out demons or when he would speak to something, he would call it by name Mm -hmm. and just being like, Lord, I actually need to be able to see what I'm fighting, like see what's going on in my body so that I can that I can fight this. And I think it was really interesting because once I got diagnosed, I was like, great, no, the Lord's going to heal it. Just going to pray it and it's going to be healed. And I had to battle through this massive disappointment of not receiving this immediate healing when I know the Lord can do it. And then that was bringing up the past fears of my father. Well, does the Lord not love me? Me questioning if the Lord was actually good, if he was actually true to his word when it came to healing. And so it's been super fascinating. And I feel like the Lord has led me as I've just submitted and surrendered to him and offered a sacrifice of praise, even when I've felt like it's been the hardest thing to do because I'm not seeing the results I want to see and having to believe in the fact that he's faithful, but he's shown me so many things about healing. Even I feel like my most recent realization, which I hope speaks to some of you who might be walking through health things or you know whether it's reconciliation that you're hoping for in a family member or relationship, the Lord showed me like, Emily, I could have healed you in an instant. I could have done it in a moment. moment. But there were so many things past trauma, like I brought up with my stepdad, my real dad, and other things that I haven't even mentioned that led to the development of this condition. And if the Lord snapped his fingers and healed me, yeah, the pain would be gone. The surface level condition would be gone. But the factors that led to that would still be underlying. And I would end up where I was maybe five years down the road. And so what the Lord showed me, he's like, I'm doing Because even when you think about healing, it actually means like body, spirit, and soul, like body, mind, spirit, soul, the whole thing. And so when I'm praying to the Lord for healing, the easiest thing he can do is snap his fingers and change the physical thing that's going on in my body. But the Lord's like, I love you so much that I'm going to work through the emotional issues that are underlying this so that when you are fully healed you'll be able to sustain it mm-hmm. and you won't fall back you won't go back into what you once did <laughs> and you won't fall back into these things these fears that led to increased anxiety which manifested itself into physiological things all of that stuff like mm-hmm. we're so connected body mind spirit all of that and so i think it's this crazy revelation that yeah the lord could have healed me in a moment but when the lord completes the healing it's going to be finalized mm-hmm. i'm not going to have to walk through this autoimmune condition again but underlying factors are going to be removed and i'm going to be able to walk forward in full health and so i think those are like the main things and i think with health stuff, anyone who has had chronic health issues you feel this thought of like whoa is this going to take me out of what the lord wants to do in my life because of the fact that i can't put forward all the energy because i don't have the energy Mm -hmm. and i feel like the lord has just been so so kind to show me that like what he has for you like no man can take away Like he Mm -hmm. will lead you into it. And if there are moments where you have to rest, you have to take steps back, you have to pause, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And the Lord will bring the things he has placed on your heart to pass. Even the verse in Luke that talks about, blessed is she who has believed that he would fulfill his promises to her. Mm -hmm. And it was credited to Abraham as righteousness for believing in faith, what the Lord has said, even though it looked like an impossibility. And I feel the same for us when we come against situations that kind of stand in opposition to all the things the Lord has promised us when we believe in faith and we hold on to the promise and believe that lord's going to bring it to pass that's how we actually get through it
0: yeah that's so good and do not despise these small beginnings too. Ah. in all of these things because healing is our birthright
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: i think beyond that yeah he he loves us so well and i like there's nothing i can add in addition to what you just say or said to make it more powerful because yeah it's just it's a beautiful process Mm -hmm. Even when it's painful, he teaches me that all the time. Like maybe this hurts Al, but like, I love you bigger than that. And like, I love you way too much to leave you without the firmest foundation to move forward on. And the most
1: like fullness of the things that you've been praying for. I think that was the thing and actually challenged my view of like God's love. Because to me, God's love would have been like snapping his fingers, fixing me. But his love is actually to lead me through healing of trauma that I've undergone so that I can walk forward in full healing, like even in the things that people can't see. Only the things that I can see, things in my mind or things in my spirit, not just my body being in health.
0: Mm, that's so good. And, it's, and it reprograms and reteaches you to like... You know, in men leaving in your past, yeah. like God, God's character is like, hey, I'm gonna do this in the long haul with you, yes. and I'm gonna show you like just the the character that I have, and and okay. that I will always stay, and I will always come through, and there isn't an, a possibility of me leaving even when you can't see me. I'm here. 100%. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. Well, I mean, that takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of, I think, believing in, in God, having yeah. faith. It really is one of the most courageous things you can ever do just to trust what yeah. you don't see for sure. and, and believe for, again, that healing and for the character that is stated in words, but not always obvious in life. Yeah. Disbelief is so easy. Oh. And so I want to know, like, what does courage mean to you? Because you live it out in so many beautiful ways. Mhm. Yeah, I think that's
1: a super great thing to mention. I think a lot of times we can think of courage as like oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to muster up all of this within myself and I'm going to I'm going to do it. But I feel like courage is courage when it's attached to the promises of God, mm-hmm. like in its purest form because he even talks about like when we are weak, he is strong. And I think courage is facing your fear, facing intimidation, facing danger, facing things that seem impossible, but doing it with a grounded hope in the things that you believe. And we know that Jesus is the anchor for our souls. And I even think about, um, it talks about how Joseph, he was tested by the promise. So he had these dreams and in the moments where he didn't see it, that like the faith to hold on to those things was actually the thing testing him because faith is substance of things not seen. And so it can only be faith if you can't see it. And then when it starts to come into the natural, you can more hold on in a tangible way because you're starting to see the fruition of it. But I think courage is walking forward in what you know you're supposed to, even when it looks like all the odds are against you. Mm -hmm. And even when you feel like you're not able to show up at a hundred percent. I remember like having conversations where people would be like, well, you're doing your best. You're doing your best. I'm like, well, I like know what my best is and I don't even have the energy to do my best. So like, I'm actually not like I'm doing what I can, but I'm definitely not doing my best. And it was that thought of like, Lord, can you still fill the gaps when I can trust in you to be strong, where I'm weak and show up in courage in these areas where I just want to run away. I want to back down. I want to turn and hide because it's too painful. It's too hard. It's causing me to come into contact with, you know, past trauma. It's causing me to have to face things that I don't want to face. But when I can actually look at the Lord and in faith be like, Okay, you are strong when I'm weak. And so your power is going to be displayed in this moment by me just showing up. And I can't tell you how many times I wanted to quit my job. I wanted to just run away from everything because I just felt like I couldn't deal, that there was too much. And the Lord just The still, quiet voice just reminding me be strong and of good courage. And I think, so I actually, in the midst of that season where I got the diagnosis, blah, 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 I got a tattoo of a mountain and a wave. And it was like a prophetic declaration for me based on Psalm 46, which talks about, though the the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, I will not be shaken. And it's that thought that, you know, my hope is in Jesus. He's an ever-present hope ever present refuge in times of trouble and so even if everything's so chaotic even if it seems like things are crumbling around me like i'm actually on a firm foundation and and so it was this like prophetic declaration of the fact that no like even in the midst of this i'm going to show up and be courageous even if that literally just just looks like me showing up and just being like lord you got to do the rest i have got i'm here so you move
0: that's so good that is beautiful. And I think too, that sounds intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think faith is a muscle. Totally. You know, no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, or even if you haven't started your walk yet, maybe you're in question, but you're craving the security and the strength that you have in because it is rare and it's proof of God. How can someone like invite God into new parts of their lives? How can they like, be in a place of I want more of that? How can they build that muscle? What do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think a few things, but one thing is I do think it goes
1: back to what I was talking about, about fear clouding your mind. I think when you're seeking the Lord, whether you have known him for a long time or whether you're like, hey, are you even real? Like, is what I'm reading in the Bible even real? Is what my friends are telling me about you and about the things that you've done even real? Or is it just coincidence, et cetera, et cetera? I think fear has to be removed for you to see clearly because I feel like fear is the ultimate clouder. And then I also think along with that, like, we all grew up in different family contexts. We all have different lived experiences, and you see things naturally through the lenses that you have created and foundational beliefs, and you're going to come into contact with different biases that you may have and things that could cause you to instantly shut down. But I would even encourage you like when you feel like an intense moment of like, oh no, I don't believe that. Or no, that's not right. Actually press into that and bring down your walls a bit to see if there's truth in it, to see and like see it from a different perspective of taking off your lens of your worldview and seeing things through different A different lens and so I think it's that posture of surrender where you're like okay like I recognize naturally I'm going to see things through my family's lens or through this trauma that I experienced or through etc 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 but getting to a place of surrender where you're okay with pressing into that tension for a bit to seek out the truth in it and so I think for people who are really wanting to let the Lord in deeper those are massive things I've found that in every like new like echelon of growth that I've seen with the Lord. It's come with a new level of dying to self, where I'm like, okay, these are my like, I feel like I'm wrestling with the Lord. I'm like, why well, don't believe this, Jesus. Like, I don't like this. And Lord's like, hey, like, just let that go for a little bit and just let me speak into that. And I feel like when I stop talking at God, sometimes I can hear him a lot better. But I think those are two huge things, not letting fear reign over your mind. And also just that thought of surrendering and putting down your walls. And the Lord asks us to focus on things that are pure, holy, righteous, and really what you fixate your eyes on, that's what you're going to see. And so I think in seeking the Lord, like, unfortunately, I think a lot of times humans can tend towards the negative even towards our view of ourselves and so i think um, actually fixing our eyes on things that are really pure and holy and upright can help us even gain a more holistic view of who the lord is
0: Mm, that's so good absolutely and amen and from there how can we support you you know these are beautiful words and it's so cool to see again how you just let god in so like as a community and as sisters, and yeah. like what does that look like? What do you need? How can we pray for you? What is support? Totally. I would
1: love prayers for, like I mentioned with health stuff, actually the coolest thing is the fact that I'm off all of my medicine. Mm. I am what I would say probably like 75% healed. And I find like every time I come into contact with something that I know the Lord wants to work through, whether it's a past trauma that I didn't even realize was still festering in my heart, i find like a new step in my healing where I'm like, oh, I feel better today than I have in months, all of that. So I think that I would experience that fullness of healing that I know is so holistic in my body, in my mind and in my spirit. And so I think that's really big. Yeah, that would be the main thing. I feel like that's the thing that I've felt over this year, like even 2020, as funny as it seems, this was the year that the Lord told me that I was gonna to start to see promises fulfilled that I had only, up until this point, believed in faith. And I think that has to do with healing, but I think that even has to do with the things that I feel like the Lord has called me to, whether that's a creative endeavor or even like a new level of my work within A21. I think it's a mixture of
0: both. So yeah, praise for that. Vision, clarity, all the things. That's so good. Well, we'll be praying. We appreciate you. And yeah. thank you so much for being here, And Oh my gosh, of course, it was so fun. Loved getting to chat.